0: All right, welcome in to a Thursday before the real madness begins and the world descends upon Tampa Bay for Super Bowl Double Nickel 55. Man, I can't believe it's almost here. I mean, it has been an incredible journey, not only for Tom Brady, Buccaneer fans, Bruce Arians, we'll talk about all of that today. Tom Brady and Bruce Arians both met the media today. We will have those Zoom calls for you here at a moment. Very revealing questions and answers today. I thought so. We got some really really good content for you, and very it's it's interesting that we get to take you inside all these press conferences now with Zoom. That's kind of cool. You can uh, kind of see how the sausage is made with the reporters' questions, etc. So I'm sure a lot of people enjoy that. We you know we've decided kind of here not to edit up all, all of them because I think there's there's some interesting back and forth between the. Um, the, the questioners, the media, and some good questions, some not so good. And I, I think a lot of people enjoy hearing them. So we're going we're gonna to play those for you for the most part unedited and uh, really take you inside what we've been doing for, for a long, long time in, in press conference uh, situations. Uh, we got a great show for you today. We're going to get to a lot of good guests. Uh, Shane Stafford's going to join us, our quarterback guru, former AFL-NFL-UConn quarterback. He's breaking down the red zone offenses today of the two teams. Should be interesting. He's been busting that that tape machine. Um, Wade Boggs is going to join us, Baseball Hall of Famer, uh, and B.J. Gannum from the Delta Sierra Foundation working together to help uh, get service dogs to our veterans well we had a great conversation today recorded it earlier today and we we talk about the steroids and kurt schilling and in the baseball hall of fame wade weighs in on that um and we talk about a lot of stuff that's going on in America. He's a big Bucks fan, so uh, he's got some, some, some thoughts on playing into big games and Tom Brady. So very interesting conversation with Wade and BJ. And Solomon Wilcox from Pro Football Focus, great analyst, Emmy Award-winning broadcaster, will join us at 5.15, and we'll continue to break down the Chiefs and the Bucks in Super Bowl 55. Uh, you know, I wanted to start today... And by the way, seven two seven five one eight zero eight twenty. If you want to join us, you know, I wanted to start today just with a kind of a historical perspective on on where we are and and how we got here. You know, I've been covering this team for the better part of twenty four years now, uh, seeing the good stuff and the bad stuff. I I got here as as Tony Dungy was arriving, so I really didn't get to experience from a press standpoint and covering the team some of the really really lean years. Now there certainly have been some in between. Uh, 2002 Super Bowl team and where we are now got have great perspective on that, and that's kind of where I, I wanted to go with this today because you know as we sit here, you know for Buck fans that have been doing this for a long long time, um, it is a bit surreal. I mean, have we told you a couple of years ago? Let's just go back three four five years when this team was in the middle of the doldrums. Um, hey, you know what do you think about Tom Brady and Gronk coming here? Uh, the Super Bowl gets moved to Tampa because LA's stadium wasn't ready. Um, we got to go through this thing called COVID, and some of you will be able to see the guys play at Raymond James Stadium. Most will not. Uh, just the fact that Brady and Gronk would come here and be Buccaneers, I think, is just beyond the pale for many to even consider. Now, oftentimes, right? Truth is stranger than fiction, and who, who would have believed that? Um, but I think it's it's interesting when you talk about team building. You know how do Super Bowl Super Bowls get won? You know I've had you know the great opportunity to watch and see how that sausage was made um, back when Tony got here, Tony Dungy got here, and John Gruden comes in. It gives them that needed spark, maybe that offensive ingenuity that um, they did not have under 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 Tony Dungy and. You know, that Super Bowl defense and the core and the culture that Dungy built built along with Rich McKay. And they become Super Bowl champions. Um, it was a great study in leadership, talent acquisition, getting some breaks, which always happens. But there are some consistent themes that you see in these championship teams. You see them in the 2002 team. You see them in the Stanley Cup champion lightning team. Now we've seen that twice. Um, you see them to some degree in the Rays, but not fully formed which is why they don't have a World Series title, um, because it it takes a lot of commitment from ownership that, quite frankly, Stu Sternberg is not willing to give and do. Um, But we won't get sidetracked on that. But we've seen it with the Glazers, and we've seen it specifically with this team in a lot of ways that I don't think a lot of fans really know. Um, because let's just be honest uh, the glazers have gotten a, a bad rap around here for a long time and for i think for some of the time it was richly deserved to be quite honest i mean there were times when they just decided that hey you know we're going to go purchase man united and that's nfl football team is just not going to be a priority for a while and truth be told they leveraged a lot of the cash that they could have used to make this team competitive to buy manchester united but in a, in a in kind of a weird way, um, that has paved the way for what you're seeing here today. The amount of money that the Glazers have spent on this coaching staff alone is unbelievable. Um, they've, uh, one of the many criticisms for the Buccaneers for many years has been they don't spend a lot on, on scouting. Well, they've changed that as well since Bruce Arians came here. There's a lot of things that they've done differently since Bruce Arians got here. Uh, the ability to go out and spend money on these free agents and you know, give them incentive-laden deals. You know Brady has, uh, he's got some incentives. Five, I think, five million in each of his, his years, which he w- will clearly attain almost every one this year. You know, not all ownership groups are doing that. Not all, all ownership groups are putting in the money that the Bucks have put into this Super Bowl stadium uh, to to be able to host Super Bowls now with the audio and visuals and 130 million dollars. Uh, I believe they spent um, you know, some of that public money, but some from the Glazers as well. Uh, there's nothing that the Glazers, frankly, have said no to in terms of finances. And the reason is they're ridiculously rich because of that purchase of Manchester United. So while it was a few lean years here for the Buccaneers, no doubt, in the end, that's that part of that financial resource that they built up during that time is now paying dividends. Uh, And uh, they are up against the cap. They will end up spending well over the cap in the uh, additions of Leonard Fournette and Antonio Brown. And they can do that in terms of these incentive deals. I'm not saying they're cheating in any way. But there are some teams that um, you know a lot of this is very malleable in, in terms of the salary cap. And you can play it where you don't spend a lot of money. And you can play it where you spend the maximum. And the Glazers have certainly done that. Um, they, have, they have spared no expense in terms of going after Tom Brady and Gronkowski and some of these other players, and Dominican Sue, JPP. And I think they built a culture here under Arians and, and, frankly, a program that a Tom Brady would look at and say, hmm, I think we can do something special there. And let's just be honest, that's the domino that fell that begot what we're seeing right now. I mean, you have to build. It's almost like if you build it, they will come. There was a time where this organization was a joke in the eyes of NFL football players. It was a place where, hey, maybe I'll go sign a free agent contract, rehab my injury, Darrell Revis, collect all my money. There's no pressure to win there. There's a losing franchise. I'll just go make some money and then get the hell out of there. That was the reputation that the Bucs had. That's why we had so many free agents come here, play like crap, go somewhere else, and start playing again. It was This was like an, a, a place where you don't come to retire. Well, for some they came to retire, but some where you go to rehab injuries and and go somewhere else to play real football and, and, and win championships. That's not the case anymore. The accountability not only from ownership but from the guys they brought in that have set the culture, Bruce Arians, Todd Bowles, Byron Lefwich, this entire coaching staff, and, of course, Tom Brady. And that's why the culture has changed. And I, assume, I know so many of you who have listened to me for, for many years get tired of me talking about culture. But the b- bottom line is when you want to look at winning franchises and you want to look at winning businesses, you want to look at winning families, you want to look at winning people, it's the culture they create that makes them winners. It's the culture they create that makes them exceptional. Now, how do they create that culture? Well, many do it in different ways. But just watching from afar, not like we would normally get access to um, in covering this season, but even watching from afar and listening and and talking to some of the players and and coaches and and people that cover the team, you can see – Where the accountability and the culture has just completely changed dramatically since the arrival of Bruce Arians and now Tom Brady. And that's why the Bucs are in line to win another championship. I saw the same thing happen under Tony Dungy. You take a losing franchise and you make them winners. And I think Dungy did it in his way, which I think was... Very different for a lot of players. You've heard Derek Brooks talk about that and, and some other players with Tony's first message to the team was had nothing to do with football. It was basically we're gonna win over the community. We're gonna do things right. We're not gonna take shortcuts. We're gonna have integrity in everything we do. And that's how we're gonna win. And they're like, say what? Of course it's it's much more detailed than that, but that's in essence what Tony brought to this team. And it worked. And you've seen Bruce Arians do basically the same thing bring that accountability and talk about the way they do things, the journey. It's the process. You don't really focus on necessarily the results all the time, you focus on daily on the process and being the best that you can be, being the best prepared team each and every week. And Brady brings that level of accountability and detail oriented laser focus that you have to have to win championships. And that's why the Bucs are where they are right now. This is why this team is different. It is a complete culture change. And that's done by bringing in people that are excellent at what they do. We, we saw that with the Lightning, with um, Steve Eiserman being able to keep all of their stars and, making, and building a culture that players want to flock to. I mean, that's why Steven Stamko signed for less money. It's why Hedman signed for less money. It's why Kucherov signed for less money than they can get other places. They wanted to be part of this winning culture and what was built by the Lightning. And the Bucks have built the same thing. That's why Fournette is here. That's why AB is here. That's why JPP stayed. That's why Adamic and Sue stayed. And this will probably continue for another year as long as Brady is here. But let's hope the culture, when Brady and and Arians move on, and that might be next year, after next year, that the Glazers can create some continuity of that culture, whether it's keeping Todd Bowles or Leftwich or whoever it is, but to keep that culture. It's not going to be easy because, as we said, the exceptional people make the culture. But right now, if you're a Bucs fan, you're living it and you're loving it. And you're absolutely loving it. And hopefully they can fulfill – their promise, and win this Super Bowl in what will be, I think, one of the greatest NFL stories ever told. And we're living in the middle of it. It's pretty damn cool. Pretty damn cool. Alright, 727 is the number if you'd like to jump aboard. Um, I think today's Bruce Arians interview, frankly, uh, really lent to uh, the monologue what we just talked about. So, uh, Radio Johnny, Let's play a little bit of Bruce Arians uh, from today, his Zoom meeting with the local and national media.
1: ABA, hey, this is uh, such a great quarterback matchup. You've been around the greatest quarterbacks of all time, including Brady. When you look at Patrick Mahomes, he's only 25. He has a chance to win his second Super Bowl. He's been a league MVP, Super Bowl MVP. I mean, is this, is this the guy? Is this the guy that you think will chase Brady's records? I don't know if he'll play till he's 43, but... Well, yeah, I, I think there's so much that goes into that. It says 21 other guys on your team. You know, if it was a throwing contest, yeah, hell yeah. he <laughs> Go get it. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that happen in different seasons. And, uh, you know, what Tom has done is historic. But uh, I, there's no doubt if they, if they could, uh, if there was a player who could do it, it would be Patrick. There's no doubt there's about, about that. Lane.
2: Hey, Coach, um, thinking back to what you said uh, after the game about we didn't come here to not take chances, you know, a year ago you kind of did that at the Super Bowl when you talked to us and you said, I want Tom Brady. Some people might have even laughed at you when you said that because you were coaching a 7-9 and team at the time. Can you just speak to what that's meant for you throughout your career, the importance of taking chances, of swinging big?
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, you you can't hit a home run if you're going to swing for one, you can't. You can't do anything special in life, sitting on a fence. And uh, you know, the question back then was, if there was a quarterback that that was a free agent, who would you want? And uh, yeah, of course, it was Tom Brady, but um, not thinking he'd become a free agent. But once he did, it was uh, it was it was a pursuit that we wanted to make and uh, knew he had some interest. So, but again, if that's how you live life, I don't you sit and live in a closet and try to be safe or you go have some damn fun
0: hey pause it right there for Greg um, I mean if that's not a great lesson for life right there I don't know what is and especially with what we're going through these days and you know so many people want to focus on you know how how to make our lives 100% risk free I'll be honest with you I don't want to live that life <laughs> want to live that life i don't know many people that do there's inherent risks in life every day you get up and um and and hopefully we still have the option to choose certain freedoms there will be a mask mandate all throughout <laughs> hillsborough county or i'm sorry more specifically uh down in the nfl zone but um i just think it's real interesting that that's that was one of the questions today and, and i tell you what he's spot on you're not gonna get anything done sitting in the closet. That's for Dad Gumshore. And by the way, when he was asked that question, he knew damn well Tom Brady was gonna be a free agent. And that's exactly why he answered it the way he did. Get that get the word out there without quote tampering.
1: All right, next question. Hey BA, this is uh, such a great
3: No, that
0: would not be the next
3: question.
1: Bruce, your
2: secondary has
3: obviously had some ups and downs, um, but they've never lacked for confidence as a young group. I'd want to ask you about Sean Murphy Bunting and just the run that he's on with picks in three straight games against some really big quarterbacks and just what that does for him going into another tough one here in the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, I mean, Sean's been playing through a bunch of injuries, and uh, I I think you know, no, most people don't realize it, but yeah, when you get three picks against those guys, you should be playing with a ton of confidence. And uh, and he's playing extremely well right now, outside and inside.
3: Go to Scott Reynolds, Bruce. Can you take us back to uh, what what Jason Light was saying was the turning point of the season, that Chicago Bears game when when Brady kind of erupted in the sidelines? Did did, did that was that game the marker in terms of you guys finally turning the corner and not beating yourselves? when you look back in the season?
1: Yeah, it had nothing to do with what he said on the sideline It was what we came back and looked at the film and, and 11 or 12 penalties, uh, turnovers. It was us beating the hell out of ourselves. And uh, we knew we were a good football team. We couldn't win that way. And the players took it upon themselves uh, to become one of the least penalized teams in the league from then on out.
3: Go to Gene Fournette.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, yes, Bruce. Um,
3: Could you, uh, looking back a few years ago when you were trying to uh, convince Byron to get into coaching, uh, what
0: made you so certain that he would be a good coach? And did you have any second thoughts that you actually had to convince him to leave the golf course or whatever other things he was up to to get into it?
1: Yeah, when you look at especially pro quarterbacks who have made a pretty good amount of money, uh, coaching isn't something they look forward to. And uh, I knew having him as a player, uh, and I thought Charlie Batch, Kelly Holcomb, all would have been great c- coaches. Uh, they decided, Kelly said, no, nope, I'm to stay with my family. Charlie had other interests. Byron, it was just a matter of just keep plugging away until he got bored and uh, wanted to do something with his life. And he was very young, so I just kept hammering him. And uh, I think once he got in there for that spring, he realized – yeah, Coach, this is what I want to do the rest of my life.
2: We'll go to Sarah Walsh. Hey, Bruce, obviously um, it's unusual aside from a bye week to have this much time off to prep for a game, and it's for good reason for you guys. So I'm just curious. I know we hear you talk a lot about you know, the, the practice and the mood and the intensity of practice, and you wouldn't be ramping that up right now so far out from the game. So I'm just sort of wondering schedule-wise how you handle – from now until the super bowl in terms of what you want to accomplish every day and then like ramping it up next week.
1: No, we ramp it up this week because there's so many uh obligations with the media next week. Uh, you don't want to try to teach your game plan and uh we'll ramp it up again next week but we're getting everything taught uh at a great practice today and we'll we'll go full speed Friday and Saturday and uh, then come back and, and get a get a full week's work in. But, again, all the obligations to the media and everything else, it's different next week. We'll go to Ben Bolin. Hey, Bruce. Um, heading into the bye this year, you guys uh, lost three or four games. Then after the bye, the uh, offense played great. And you've won seven games since then. Can you just take us back to how you guys approached the bye week and did you tinker with things and, and maybe figure things out back then? Yeah, it was such a late bye. I mean uh... – we, we did. We did most of our – we do our self-scout every week, but uh, we did a major one, uh, looked at the running game, passing game, everything that we were doing, and uh, simplified some things. But uh, we really started playing really good the second half of that Kansas City game and, uh, and built the momentum from then. And then obviously the second half in Atlanta, uh, gaining that confidence, gaining that continuity, um, and then defensively, Uh, playing so well in the playoffs and playing good uh, complementary football, taking ball away, scoring touchdowns. So since that time, we've been playing pretty good complementary ball.
3: We'll go to Tom Rock.
1: Bruce, I was hoping you could
0: uh, talk a little bit about how Tom and Gronk play off of each other uh, in the locker
3: room, uh, particularly. Uh, They seem to have two very different leadership styles. Uh, how does that work out? And did you did you know that when you brought them both in?
1: Uh, I, I didn't know uh, about Gronk's work ethic. It's it's unbelievable. I mean, he comes in early, stays late, uh, is great, but he's Gronk, so he's got that great personality to go with his work ethic. Uh, you knew Tom was a great leader, uh, and what you know with COVID, I don't go in the locker room very much. But uh, the uh, those two guys brought something extremely special because they've been there and done it. And uh, when young players see that, they listen. And uh, you see two totally different personalities doing it the same way.
3: go Nora Princiati.
2: Yeah, hey Bruce. Um, so you
3: look at both Super Bowl teams and look at the rosters, and it seems like both have really strong tight ends. And even just looking around the league, it seems like maybe not everyone's quite to that level, but there's really good play at that position. So I'm curious, Kind of over the last 10 years or so, how you've seen that position develop and how it's valued by teams kind of develop?
1: Yeah, I I think you hit the nail on the head. Great athletes started playing the position, maybe a little bit before that. But most of them weren't good enough basketball players, so they turned to football. And, uh, you know, I think Tony Gonzalez was one of those type guys that started it. But Antonio Gates, you know, really good power forwards that they weren't going to the nba so they went to the, and, and that's what you're seeing great athletes playing that position now that's uh
0: bruce arians speaking with the media today um, i'm already getting requests johnny to play some tom brady from today so let's go ahead and blow off the break let's play a few minutes of brady then we'll break and we'll have shane stafford break down the red zones hey, what do you think let's do that people want to hear from brady it's super bowl it's that's time right. for super bowl what's that so I got you, mate. You got it? All right. Uh, and Brady was good yeah, today. You know, to if you haven't heard the story, his dad uh, got COVID pretty bad during the season. He was in the hospital for three weeks. His mom also got it, but she uh, didn't have very serious symptoms. But um, it, it was it was a tough time for the Brady parents. They haven't been able to see many games this year. So that was the first question. Let's listen in. And I,
1: I know you talked to your parents afterwards. Your dad revealed that uh, he and your mom had COVID. Uh, your dad was very serious, obviously, in the hospital just wondering how difficult that was for you and 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 how how they're doing right now
3: uh they're doing great so I think that's the best uh best part about all of it is uh they came through it and um you know I think one thing as you get older as um you know an athlete one thing for you know me experiencing you know a lot of different things over the course of my career is you know there's a lot of family things that take place and um you know my situation it could be my parents but also I have kids and you know so just um, you know it's just a lot of things that happen in your life like all of us you know as you get older you just there's more that that you take on so um, I still obviously love uh, you know going out there and competing but on the other side of that you know there's a lot of family things that are very important to me and um, certainly the health of my parents is very important and uh, although I was far away um I had Three sisters who were, um, you know, doing everything they could to help at the time too. So, uh, I'll be very excited to certainly know my parents will be in the stands uh, for the game on Sunday. They won't. They only made it to one game this year. It wasn't a very good outcome. The Saints game at home, which was pretty rough for all of us. But uh, I'll have a full a full contingent, you know, all coming in on I think Saturday afternoon and ready to watch the game and cheer us on.
0: Tested. Go to Greg Almond. Everyone will be tested.
3: Hey Tom, we had talked to Bruce last week, and he said this has been the most rewarding year of his coaching career. Obviously, you guys have had some amazing things to celebrate together. Just want to ask you how much you've enjoyed his personality and and figuring out ways to work with him and, and win together here in the last couple months. Yeah, I think uh, you know from the moment that I really met him, and and obviously I'd known about BA, um, you know, over the course of a, a lot of years. He's you know a coach who's been in league a while, but you know, he came and commentated for, I think, one or two of our games when he was doing that. And then, um, you know, got to meet him and speak to him really during free agency. And then, uh, you know, the whole pandemic and so forth is kind of still ongoing. It's very difficult to develop, you know, real relationship because we're just didn't have the opportunity through OTAs and so forth to communicate. But we did speak on Zoom and Um, with the captains at one point, we, we got a, I think a couple rounds of golf in, which was a lot of fun. And, um, you know, and, and just to understand his personality, understand his background. And, um, you know, I had seen his football life. I had seen, you know, a lot of other things that kind of, um, you know, that have been broadcast and so forth, but he's just, he's a great man. He's a great leader. He's a great person. He's, you know, a great friend. He's very loyal, um, He's just got a great way about communicating effectively with everybody around here. and everybody has a great affection for him for um, the person he is. There's nobody that ever would say anything bad about BA. He's just a he's just he's so endearing to everybody and I think everyone wants to win for him. And I think that's what coach you know what's what you want to do for a coach is you want to get out there and you want to win for him. And he puts a lot into it, expects a lot out of it. Um, you know has high expectations for us. Uh, every day of practice, and uh, just really excited for him to be recognized in the way that he is. I know he's two time coach of the year, but just done an amazing job this year with the team and really adverse situations. Um, and just, you know, love playing for him. All
0: right, pause it for a sec, if
3: you would. We'll go um, over to Jenna Lane.
0: Uh, hold on, Jenna. Uh That was a, a hell of an answer right there about Bruce Arians. Um, and going back to the the couple of times I got to play golf with Bruce and and get to know him on that level, um, he reminds me so much of Joe Madden. And interesting to note that they grew up not far from each other. Um, they're they're kind of uh, rural Pennsylvania kind of guys, and they're super genuine people. And, and their culture that they create is very very similar. I talked about this, you know, championship culture and how. It's developed. It starts with a leader who is genuine, completely genuine, and that people can trust. And everything that he just said, Tom Brady just said, okay, about Bruce Arians, the national media, here's my prediction the national media will break this apart and turn it back on Bill Belichick about how Brady was maybe taking a shot at Belichick, which he wasn't, but that this is what Bruce brings to the table. And so much of what he just said is very probably counter to what mo- most people's perception of Bill Belichick is. Would you agree? Yeah. I, I think that's, you know, Bruce <laughs> Bruce is very much the anti-Belichick. Uh, they get it done in different ways, no doubt about it. Um, and I, I think BA style is, and this is why so many people in the national media were ripping B.A. earlier this year. Oh, he's throwing Tom Brady under the bus. He's Oh, how, how can he do that? Belichick never did that. He was just being honest. And he has an honest relation, when you have an honest relationship with your players and you go out into the media and do that, they don't get pissed because A, they know it's coming, B, they know it's true, and and C, they're professionals. And when you have a good working relationship already with your coach, you can have that back and forth and that good critical analysis that makes you better. Good players crave that. And I think it's a big part of why B.A. has been so successful. And I think he'll get his due during this Super Bowl week, and he should. All right, let's hear one more from Tommy, then we'll take a quick break. Hey, Tom,
2: along those same lines, um, well, actually, first and foremost, I'm glad that your parents are both doing better. That's wonderful news. So glad to hear that. Um, Along those same lines of what you just said to Greg, um, you know, Bruce Arians told us at the NFL Combine if he could have his pick, it was gonna be you, right? Like if you were gonna be a free agent, it was gonna be you. And some people might've even laughed at him because this was a seven and nine team at the time. But you know, his life really motto is no risk it, no biscuit. And I'm just wondering, especially for you at the age of 43 coming here, like is it is it freeing in a way to play for a coach that's like that and even, you know, for a GM that operates much in the same way where it's like, they're gonna take chances. They're gonna swing for the fences.
3: I'd like to think that I wasn't that much of a chance, uh, (laughs) after a lot of years. Um, you know, I think I had a a great, you know, and becoming a free agent and then have an opportunity to continue my playing career. So, um, you know, I love the opportunity that presented itself here, which is ultimately why I chose here was because I really loved the coaching staff. Um, you know, I loved the players, you know, the, the kind of players that they had, um, you know, I looked at the, those players and thought, wow, you know, these are some really great players. Um, it was to be a good good opportunity for me. Um, you know, I obviously in a different conference, different division, um, all that I didn't quite know about. Um, so in the end, I just made a lot of different choices and I don't want to revisit them all, but, you know, I'm, pretty detailed and thorough. I went through a process of decisions and thinking about everything that really was mattered to me in some way, in one form or another. Obviously, a lot of family considerations. Um, you know, my son lives in New York, and, uh, you know, I didn't want to be too far from him, um, and just ended up being a great fit. And I've just loved, the again, just as it's played out, you know, I've just thought, wow, this has really been a, a magical year, really, for me as a player. Um, to switch teams, which, you know, that, that takes a lot. And to move my family and to go to a different conference and then to keep building the way we did and develop a rapport with the guys that we have here. I mean, there's so much about football. is about the relationship you get with your teammates, your coaches. And, um, you know, it's it's certainly uh, the fact that we're still playing is feels really good for me and understand we put a lot into it. And, um, you know, hopefully we can go finish the job. That would be the best part about the season is winning the last game. It's always been a goal to win the last game of the year. So we got an opportunity to do it. It's certainly not going to be easy. And uh, it's going to take everything we got. We're going up against um, a great championship level team. And it's going to take our best want well, a few more?
0: That's okay. Thank you. We'll we'll get that in uh later on in the show. We'll hear more from uh Tom Brady. Great answer there as well. Really revealing about uh why he chose uh Tampa Bay in so many ways uh and why I predicted in early January of last year that he was coming to Tampa Bay and going to bring us the Super Bowl. So here we go. All right, quick break. Uh shout out to the uh, SAE chapter in Tallahassee, uh where my son is and the guys are listening. Thanks, guys. Go paint the line, will you? Um, stay away from those guys across the street. They're trouble. <laughs> we will. Uh, we'll take a quick break. Shane Stafford will join us next, and we'll break down the red zone offenses. Stay with us.